Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, as you know, this season, we are talking to folks at different stages of their career. And really, there's three stages that we're talking about. Earlier in the season, we talked with young, up-and-coming leaders in the industry, and that was really, really cool. As we are now in the midpoint of our podcast season, we shifted the focus to talk to peak performers. And really, my definition of a peak performer is someone who is running at full stride. This by no means indicates that their business is perfect or there's not problems with it. Rather, it just means that this person has some experience under their belt, probably a little bit of age or wisdom, and they know how to run at full stride. And seriously, today's conversation is really special. I am talking with the legend, Alan Rush. And if you haven't heard of him, shame on you. You know, often when I talk to people, they think that I'm busy and probably busier than I am. And I would say that I'm involved in a lot of things, but Alan is someone who has taken that to a whole new level. I mean, seriously, this is a dedicated sales trainer who travels, I think it's like 250 days a year to different businesses, different chimney companies, and literally rides every single day with chimney technicians in the field to show them first hand how to become a rock star salesperson. Alan is as legit as it gets. And what I think is just amazing when when you talk to him, there's no arguing with it because he's literally in the field five days a week sometimes with technicians doing this. And you will hear him say, well, what if you went from selling $25,000 a day to $100,000 a day? Like he's had technicians that have made that leap on certain days And Alan is just a true practitioner. There's no arguing with it because he's doing it every single day. There is so much amazing ground that we cover in this conversation. And I'm going to share a lot of thoughts with you on the back end of it, but I'm just going to leave it here for now so that you can hear this conversation. This one's special. You're likely going to want to listen to it again. So get out a pen and paper because here it comes. Joining me from Buffalo, New York, is the owner of Rush Profits, partner at Surefire Training Academy, and seriously, like almost the international man of mystery with how you are traveling all over this country and training. I'm here today with Alan Rush. Alan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's so many other things I could mention. You know, I I was going to get my tongue twisted with this alliteration of the Monday morning meeting minutes. I want to ask you about that as well. You know, I, I feel like... Every time I, I I go somewhere in the chimney space, your name comes up. And when it when it came to talking to peak performers, you're somebody that I wanted to have on the show. But I guess maybe to start this out, I, I'd love to hear about like what you do specifically. You know, I I know that like every time I talk to you, you're on a jet traveling somewhere else and, and helping companies out. But but can you just talk a little bit about about what it is you do? Well, what I do and what I want to do, those are probably two different things, right? The uh, Right now, I work specifically with chimney and hearth companies. I have a few other blue collar businesses mixed in their doors and windows and HVAC companies and plumbing and things of that nature. But 
you know, 90% of my time is dealing with Jimmy and Hearth professionals and mainly on the service side. Uh, so um, it always starts with the consultation, just understanding where the company's at and where they're trying to go, what their current uh, ceiling blocks are and, you know, kind of their, their current challenges. And I have a little bit of knowledge in all things chimneys, but I try to focus purely on sales and customer service. And so basically I uh, create baselines for individuals through through tracking to find out what their current performance is, uh, you know, their close rates, their average sale, their opportunity rates, their, you know, all of their follow-up effectiveness, all those things. And yeah. then, and then we create a plan of growth for each individual. Uh, it usually starts with a all day sales process class. And then once we've got the, the, the concept down, then I spend probably about 200, 250 days a year in the field, actually in a chimney sweep truck, uh, riding one-on-one with, individuals working on the plan that we've created and just uh, it's kind of a, a fascinating concept uh, of ride-alongs because it's one thing to speak from a stage and to to say here's how you do it it's another thing to to actually show someone its effectiveness and so uh, when we go out and sometimes people are only used to selling you know 50 100 grand a month we go out and we sell 50 to 100 grand in two three days their eyes kind of really open up as to how much they're leaving on the table and how much work they have to do. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically work on a sales plan and help hold the owner accountable to the individuals within their control. Well, and, and when, I mean, when you mentioned that, like 250 days ish a year that you're riding in a truck with chimney technicians and chimney sweeps, that that's mind blowing. I, I don't know of anybody else that is such a practitioner of what they teach. And I'm sure that that's what gives you really the power and the credibility to tell people like, no, this is what you do. There's no arguing with it because, you know, I, I, I do this so often. And, and and you've actually started to roll that into this Monday morning meeting minutes. Can you talk about that too? Yeah, I'm impressed at how well you're getting that off your tongue. It took me about four episodes to, get, <laughs> to, to start to say the Monday morning meeting minutes. And it's just so fun to say, but but yeah, basically, you know, I have created the classic e-myth, right? I am, uh, I have a very uh, well-paying job. Um, I, I don't have a business at this point. And so, uh, you know, I am one, uh, you know, injury away from, uh, you know, this being uh, not a great thing. And so, so I'm working very hard behind the scenes to scale the business in different ways and create different divisions and where it's not just dependent upon me. And so that's where the uh, one of the iterations is what we call the the Monday morning meeting minutes. And I just basically take my sales process and things that I teach and I break it down into little five to 10 minute sections and I release them every Monday morning. And they're kind of designed for the entire team to watch and then digest and have a focus for the week. Uh, you know, it could be big picture things like how to leverage financing or, you know, how to sell chimney fires and insurance to how to uh, you know, handle objections. Hey, you know, I, I, let me talk to my wife or, Hey, that's a lot of money or, Hey, let me get another quote. And we kind of really break down all those things and the language to use. And, um, ju- just based on the process that we've created. And I'm always very upfront that my, my process has probably changed a hundred times in the last, you know, 11 years I've been doing chimneys because I, you know, try something and it works and Hey, this works in this market. Does it work in this market? And so kind of trying to make it as streamlined as possible because. There's so much personality uh, that goes into sales, as you know, and I, I've kind of coined that I believe sales is really three three components, and I'm only teaching one of them. Uh, you know, uh, there's mm. sales process is what I teach. Um, the other two parts that are that are 
coachable, but very hard to teach are uh, rapport building and likability and that ability to gain trust. Uh, and then the, the third part being confidence in that, look, this is what it is. And this is the result of, of whatever lack of maintenance. Here's what will happen if we don't choose to do this work. And I always say people don't buy what you sell. They buy what's going to happen if they don't buy what you sell. And so it's kind of that impact of not moving forward. Mm. And so, so when you look at sales success, I can teach process all day long, but if you don't have confidence and you don't have the ability to relate to people, um, then, yeah. then you're going to have a tougher road. Yep. Man, that's good. Okay. I'll, you, you got my brain just firing in so many different directions and I want to dive into this. So a lot of what you do is in the chimney and hearth space, primarily in the home. And I, I think that in-home selling is powerful. I mean, if, if someone invites you into their home, they're pretty serious about what you have to offer. I think that, you know, for me coming from the fireplace appliance and retail side, more than like the chimney technician side, in-home selling was something that I, I didn't slide into until I'd been in the industry for 10 years. And all of a sudden it was like, dude, this is just a, a, a gold mine. I mean, like, can you just talk about what is the magic of in-home selling? I mean, you're doing this all the time and, and it is truly magic. So, you know, there's two different sides to it. There is the, what I call the known need side and the unknown need side. And the known, known need side is the, you know, someone calls for something specific, right? In the estimate, I have a leak, I have a, a smell, I have, um, you know, my furnace is clogged, whatever, right? I know that I'm calling you in to resolve something or I will need to spend money to make something happen. So that's kind of one set of sales. Uh, the reactive side, but most of the people that I work with in the chimney world, they're going into unknown need cells, right? The, the customer just used their fireplace two, two days ago. It's been fine for 30 years. And, you know, they come in with an expectation that we're paying whatever uh, your sweeping inspection rate is, say it's $250, $300 that they've already got the check wrote. Uh, and we know in the chimney world, the average repair is about $7,500. So we have this journey that I call from 250 to 7,500 that the customer has no idea they're about to go on. And so having control of that process so that by the the time we get to the end, that not only do they realize the importance of the recommendations that we're making, but that they're actually bought into and that they're actually wanting to get those things done. That's kind of the, kind of the, the magic of, of the process. So uh, it's to me, it's a lot easier on known issues. And the, when you have a known issue, the big challenge is getting the customer away from symptom resolution into problem resolution. You know, I've got mm-hmm. two bricks coming out of my, my, my chimney. In the customer's mind, how expensive can it be to replace two bricks, right? But if we don't get to that root cause of bricks don't just fall out of chimneys, right? There's a underlying water intrusion issue that needs to be resolved. And so getting them into problem resolution mode is really the challenge on estimates, whereas on non-need uh, expected uh, issues like sweeps, it is literally taking them through the process and doing a, a heck of a discovery as to why did you call me out today? No, I, the one thing that's really true about our industry, no one picks up the phone and randomly calls a chimney sweep, right? I mean, it's, yeah. there, there is a, there is a catalyst and, and it's your job to find out what that catalyst is. It could be as simple as they got a good marketing message or uh, they saw a fire on the news or whatever it is, but you have to find out what their why is. And if we break down the, the, the one takeaway that I would give anybody in this industry 
that I think our industry's got wrong for many, many years is we train our guys to be technicians, right? We train them to go in and find, you know, inspect, to find problems, to say, this doesn't meet this code. This doesn't meet this standard. Here's what this chimney needs. Here's what this fireplace needs. And I think it's such the wrong approach from it when we know that we're going to go from 250 to 7,500. Now, we still have to be technicians. We still have to have that knowledge. We still have to have the, the ability to diagnose. But if we're diagnosing things that people have no buy-in or they don't care about, then they're never going to spend money on it. I can't tell you how many times that I see someone go in. They don't even know why they're asking the question. So how often do you use the fireplace? Well, we haven't probably used it in seven or eight years. And then just go on and leave that like it's no big deal. Well, if I get yeah. in and tell them they need to spend a, you know $5,000 on a chimney line in it, they're going to tell me to fly a kite because they haven't used it in seven years. So, so really getting out of that mindset of, I'm the technician that's here to fix the chimney in the fireplace to, I'm just the, you know, the expert, the, uh, the consultant that's coming in to find out what you want and let me help you get that. And if, if there's something in the way of you getting what you want, say fireplace, uh, you know, more heat, whatever it is, then let's talk about how we do that together. You talked about a couple of things that I really want to push into. One of them had to do with symptom resolution versus problem resolution. I think that problems are they're the reason that any of us have a job if we're in a sales space is that our job is to solve problems you also talked about understand and can you talk a little bit about your process of of coaching technicians to understand the customer's why the customer's problem so here here's a question i ask uh, every person that i train if you went on three appointments today and all three had the exact same problems what would it look like when you sat down with those three people at the end if it looks the same, then you're a chimney technician, right? If you're sitting here saying, here's everything I found, here's what you need to do. Don't worry. We fix it. Here's my products. Here's my prices. And, and here's how we fix the chimney. If that, if that is your process, then you are most likely getting commoditized. You're getting shopped. You're getting uh, price objections. You're getting need objections. You're getting all these things because you are trying to sell chimney products to people that don't want to buy chimney products. So my, I don't have many jokes, but one of my, the, the ones that I use all the time is, is that, uh, you know, there's not a, a person on the planet that says, oh, come on, I hope that that chimney technician brings me some of that crown coat today. You know, it's just not some, nobody wants this stuff, right? So in order to find out what you can sell them, the only way to know what they want or what they need is simply to ask them. And so I'm a, a huge believer, it changed my life. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with spin selling, uh, but there is a, a book called Spin Selling came out, I believe, in the 80s, got a Neil Rackham. Uh, and he the book just changed my life from a from a sales perspective because he basically spin is an acronym for situation, problem, implication, and need payoff. They're the types of questions that we ask a customer. And he says, Look, I can tell you all day long what you need to do. And then it's up to you to either believe me or trust me or believe that you need to do it. But when I ask a series of questions to you about what you want, you're speaking your truth. And all I need to do is to fulfill your truth or what you want. So uh, another kind of, if you've read story branding, another, oh yeah, uh, Donald Miller, uh, I believe is the guy. And so uh, he, he talks through the, you know, every book, every movie on the planet has pretty much the same story branding. There's a villain, there's a hero, and there's a guide. Uh, and it's always 
uh, you know, that the guide helps, you know, get the, uh, the hero to the end without the villain ruining the story. And, and I think from chimney technician standpoints, the chimney techs try to be the hero, right? And that's just the wrong approach that, you know, I found the problem. I can fix the problem. I can help you. Well, customer doesn't want you to win, right? They want to be the one to win. They want to be the one that gets to the end. So, so it, it, becoming the guide, it says, hey, you called the right person. Let's just, what are you looking for at the end of this movie? And what are you looking for while, by the time I leave? What is, how do we set you up to be the hero? And then, uh, great, you called the right person. I saw these kind of problems all the time. Uh, I'm very good at this. And here's this, basically this, the guide or the road that we go down. And so if you can set up to just be the expert, be the sounding board, answer questions, help the customer get to where they want to go, man, the rest of it just becomes easy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it is that it's helping the customer get to where they wanted to go. And and they don't always know at the beginning. That's why we have to ask those questions. Like you said, you know, if if someone comes out to my house, whether I'm buying a roof or my toilet's broken or there's some like I got a sprinkler system a few years ago. Right. And they just tell me this actually literally happened. Right. Someone comes and they say, hey, Tim, a sprinkler system, it costs thirty five hundred bucks. You're going to get 17 sprinklers and we can start on Thursday. That's a commodity. Cool. Now I'm thinking, okay, so 17 sprinklers, man, 3,500 bucks. That's kind of expensive. Um, I better shop this around because I'm looking at this and sprinklers only cost like 12 bucks a that's piece, right. you know, whatever it is. Sure. Versus if someone comes in and talks to me about, hey, Tim, I, I know that you want to get a sprinkler system for your yard. Can you tell me what, what do you want this to do for you when it's all said and done? Now, what I'm going to say, well, you know, we have, we have, we have grass on the front. We want to make sure that grass is green, you know, 365 days a year. We also have these bushes that are kind of behind it though. And it's really a pain for me to go out, you know, every morning with, with the hose and hose those off. I don't know if there's a way that you could have different like pressure levels or different kinds of sprinklers that could get my, my bushes as well. Well, in my backyard, I've got my garden and I've got, that's me telling my story about what I want. Right. And when someone can say, man, Tim, I understand that, um, and, and we can we can solve this problem. You know, there's going to be some complexity here, 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 and here, but this is how we can do it. All of a sudden, I'm the one that's paving the way for them to give me a solution. And when someone comes out, doesn't ask me any questions, measures it up and just says, well, it's a, you know, whatever, it's a 40 by 20 yard or it's a 50 foot by 30 foot yard, 17 sprinklers, 3,500 bucks, they've just commoditized themselves. 100%, man. Uh, and to kind of continue on that, you know, if you have three proposals, uh, they're the exact same for three different customers. You know, one of the examples I give a lot is, you know, one of the questions we always want to ask is, you know, what's, how long will we plan on being in this home? Right. Because the, the yeah, you know, oh what, what we do, uh, I may have some band-aids. I may have some long-term band-aids. I may have some lifetime solutions. And even if my solution is the same, regardless of how they answer that question, when I deliver my proposal, it's going to be very customized to what they said. If I, I could be selling, use heat shield, for example. I'm a big fan of saver systems and heat shield. And um, someone tells me they're moved, they're trying to sell their house and they just want to to get the chimney functioning as cheap as possible. Man, I, I tell you what, Mr. Jones, uh, we're in luck because the, this particular chimney is at a point where I actually can resurface it versus have to to basically break out all this tile and put in chimney liners. So so this is definitely going to be a mo the more cost-effective solution to get you up up to today's codes and standards, have a functioning fireplace, and even better, I can transfer the warranty to whoever buys your home and give them that peace of mind, right? I can literally, that customer could have told me 
but are never leaving the house. That, you know, how many times do you, well, they're taking me out of here in a coffin, right? I, I'm never leaving. And then it's like, Mr. Jones, uh, you're in luck. This particular chimney uh, is able to be resurfaced. And so not only is it going to uh, save you a little bit of money on the front end versus breaking out tiles and all this stuff, it's got a lifetime warranty. So once we do this, you're never leaving this house again. You never have to spend large dollars on your chimney ever again, as long as we do this annual inspection, including if it needs it. And so it has nothing to do with the product. It has everything with how do I help that customer achieve what they want? I love it. So I'm thinking about this. Most of our audience is hearth retailers, yeah. not as many chimney sweeps. Sure. So for folks that are listening, again, this is a one-to-one correlation to when someone walks into your showroom. It's just like when Alan and a technician are walking into a home, right? When someone walks into a showroom and says, hey, I have been looking at gas inserts online, and we say, oh, okay, how big's your fireplace? Oh, it's 36 by 24. How many square feet you got? 2,000? Oh, okay, well, let's just jump right into this insert. We are commoditizing yep. ourselves, just like the, the sprinkler system analogy. We have to sit down with the customer and, like you said, understand their why, right? Like, go through those questions. Why is that so hard for technicians to do? Because they want to be the expert. They want to be the hero. They want to show their knowledge. They want to... Say, I know what you want. And and that's complete. Here's what I would do if I was in this situation. I can't tell you how many times we're skiing in the chimney with a customer, they find a piece of missing mortar. It's like, okay, well, so now we, you know, we're, we're going to, what I'm going to recommend is this, and we're going to reline the chimney. And, and it's like, stop. You're, you're selling, right? And it might, if you've been through any of my classes, my number one rule of sales is if it feels like you're selling and stop, right? It's at, <laughs> it's at, at, at any point. So, Ms. Jones, you know, unfortunately, we have a flu system that is no longer able to vent properly. And, you know, we're allowing byproducts to escape into areas that, that we don't want them to. Now, if we're going to put an investment into this, using this again, there's two or three ways that we can go about doing that. And let's just have a little conversation about what makes the most sense for you, right? You've had an open wood burning fireplace. Um, is that what you really want? Do you like the ambiance? Do you like knowing that it's not really a heat source? Do you like knowing it's just more of the, uh, the romance and the glass of wine? Or have you thought about something that maybe gives you a little bit of heat? Have you thought about a supplementary heat source? Are you tired of wood and like the, the benefit of having to hit a button and get fire, right? So when you get them telling you what they want, then it's like, okay, well, based on that, We've got two or three other ways we can go. Let me ask you a few more questions, right? We just get get into, so they're creating their own proposal verbally and you're just simply supplying it to them, you know? And so, you know, when we talk about the retail side, when people are coming in, it's the exact same thing that you just said. It's like, let's sit down and talk. Have you ever had a fireplace before? What do you like? What do you not like? What's what's the one that you're using now? Why are you wanting to update? Why yeah. do you want to change? And, and find those points that are important to them and then deliver it. Um, yeah, there there is a um, a section I do called uh, features, advantages, benefits, and I think on the retail side is where I see the biggest abuse of this. And um, this comes right out of uh, Neil Rackham's spin selling is they just they studied fifteen thousand sales calls, small and big, and basically correlated that the more we talked about features, the more we unintentionally created our two biggest objections, which are price and need. Right, so. When, when I talk about, you know, how great this thing is and it's this many BTUs and it's got this blower and it's got air wash technology and it's got a catalytic combustor and it's got the, the whole time the customer is one, not really sure what, what all that is. And two, they're going, do I need all that? Maybe you have something that, that's not quite as fancy or how much about 
paying for all that. And so when you start going through what I call the brochure specs, and you start saying, here's all the things this thing does, the more you, again, unintentionally create those two biggest objections that, that, that you don't want to get. So it's just simply uh, my rule, uh, retail or in home, is if you list a feature, you have to give the benefit. Otherwise, what's the point of the feature? And so, Ms. Yep. Ms. Jones, you told me you liked seeing the, uh, the buyer place, but you hated the fact that uh, it always gunked up on you before and you couldn't see the fire and the last one wasn't giving you really enough heat and you had zone heating in your house and all this kind of stuff. Well, one of the reasons I really like this one is because it has the air wash technology. Actually, they use the creosote too to clean that glass for you so that you're not going to have to have that plus it's going to give you a little bit more square footage than the the unit that, that you had before so we're going to better get heat back into that room that you weren't getting heat before and that's why i really like this one for you right has nothing to yeah. do with the specs everything to do with how yeah. those benefits help miss jones man i so agree we, we always call that so what you know like anytime i'm secret shopping and i got some salesperson yakking at me out of a brochure i just want to scream yeah. you know so what and i well this has you know 55,000 bts an hour so That's what right. you know well oh they're the they're the highest quality manufacturer in the industry so what <laughs> you know like you you got to tell me why okay. like why does that matter to me we'll get back to our conversation with alan rush in just one second Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, these results seem crazy. How is it that I can actually do this in my company and with my team? Well, at the end of the day, it all comes down to a sales process. If your team doesn't have a dedicated and documented sales process to help customers move from A to Z, then any results you get are accidental at best. And it sounds kind of harsh saying that, but it's the truth. In order for a company to win and grow repeatedly, when it comes to sales, they have to have a dedicated process, and we want to help you do that with WiFire. WiFire is a software system that is a sales process to write up lightning fast estimates for customers and give them a simple path to take action with your company. If you've been hearing about this and you're on the fence, you need to schedule a demo today because this is how you duplicate yourself. To take advantage of Wi-Fi in your company or to schedule a demo, you can go to wifire.com. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com. Can you talk about what's what's your sales process from start to finish in, in the home? So I actually have a 45-step uh, Excel sheet that um, is from uh, start to finish. And I can kind of probably do a, a short version of it is basically, yeah. um, you know, I'm calling the customer when I'm on the way. Even if I've got technology that will auto text, I'm just create, transferring the relationship from the office to me because they're going to buy from me, right? And so... Um, just a simple, uh, you know, good morning, Ms. Jones. I'm Alan. I'm with ABC Chimney. Uh, got you down for a arrival between 8 and 10. Should be there around 8.15, barring any unforeseen traffic. Look forward to seeing you. Um, get there. Get out of the vehicle immediately. I take nothing to the door. Uh, I have a business card, my iPad. I'll probably have, have booties in my pocket, uh, maybe a flashlight, something yeah. like that. I do my uh, knock on the door, step back six feet, make plenty of room. Uh, you know, welcome, I introduce my helper. Uh, and then I always do seven seconds of anything but chimney, right? This is where we get the customer off their agenda onto ours. Because if I'm there for a sweep inspection, they just assume I'm going to go sweep, inspect the chimney. They already got the check written, but I need to engage them. Yep. And so this is where I'm 
classic, uh, you know, sales one-on-one stuff. I'm looking at the house. I'm looking at the yard. I'm looking for signs. I'm looking for dogs, kids, anything that I can create that initial conversation about. Uh, one thing, and I did a weekly video on this is, uh, it was called, it's called getting personal. And I have a, I have a folder on my phone that is purely for reportability. It has my grandkids. It has my, uh, my kids, has my wife, has trip to Italy, has when I went to Napa for my wine drinkers. It has, uh, you guys know I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan, if you know me. So my seats at the game. So I have pretty much something for every type, my dog, right? For every type of person. And I make it a goal that by the end of the appointment, I have shown one personal picture that is relevant to an interest that that customer has and just kind of create that, that bond. And so I put on my booties, I walk in and I always start with an open-ended question, right? So the office says, I'm here to take a look at a fireplace, get it swept for you. So tell me a little bit more about that. You know, what's going on? What brings me out today? Typically they may tell you 10 things, but the very first thing that they tell you is going to be the most important thing. That's what we're going to kind of uh, latch onto. And that's the problem we're going to solve for that customer. So I want to I typically say, I used to say seven to 10 questions, but now it's more seven to 10 answers. Um, You know, sometimes I can ask one question and get four answers, right? So we just moved in, don't know anything about the fireplace. Home inspector said we should take a look at it. And okay, well, that just answered a whole bunch of stuff for me, right? So I go through, I do my discovery. I do, um, I'll obviously ask them if they have any questions for me. Depending on the company that I'm with, if they do dryer vents, furnaces, water heaters, uh, I'm letting them know about those additional services at that point and that we can do a courtesy check on those things for them. And then we basically get started. We do the sweep um, and we, when we get to the, if it's a masonry chimney, I get to a camera inspection. I always bring the customer over for the, uh, for the inspection so they can watch it live. And I tell them I'll go through a little video diagram of what a chimney is. I'll explain what I'm looking for in the firebox, the, smoke chamber and the flu system. And then anytime we get in there um, and we find something that's not what we wanted to see, I use a process that I created called the big three. And the big three is just a way to explain a problem to a customer that they uh, can understand one, the problem, because we, we like to be technical and use words that customers don't understand, yeah. um, you know, crowns and corbling and parging and all these kind of things. And so the big three is basically one is just, what is this thing and what does it do? Right, Ms. Jones, this is the, the smoke chamber. It's basically an upside-down funnel that allows the large volume of smoke, heat, and all the byproducts just to get quickly into the funnel, uh, right, into the flu. Um, number two is what happened to it. In this particular case, Ms. Jones, what, what year did you say the house was built? 54? Makes perfect sense. This is the way they built them in the 54. You know, they didn't know what they didn't know. This is why we have codes and standards as we're constantly learning that this is not only a performance issue, but is also a heat transfer and a safety issue. So they basically updated uh, the codes to say we need a smooth transition that can't transfer heat into potential combustibles in the wall. Right. And then the number three is what happens if we don't address it. Right. So you see these little, little holes and things that are in the chimney. Any place that smoke can get to that I can't sweep is a place that is going to settle. And when smoke settles, it becomes creosote. That's a carbon. Carbon's combustible. And we have all these little pockets of fuel right at the hottest part of your fire, yep. right? So letting them know one, two, three, right? So what it is, it's what happened to it. This is what happens if you don't address it. Again, no one wants to spend money on parging a smoke chamber, but they certainly don't want heat transfer into a, a, a pocket of fuel, so to speak, right? And so I will go through the entire uh, interior with them. Find the, if there's issues with the flu, kind of what we just talked about earlier, walk them through, you know, if we're going to put money into this, there's several options. 
they all tend to cost about the same, whether I'm uh, resurfacing, relining, inserting, you know, they're all going to be close. So what, what would you like to see? Basically get them to give me permission for the proposal. And then I do the takeaway. I say, um, well, before we get too far on the inside, most of this damage happened due to water intrusion. Um, the last thing I would want to do is, is fix something that still has active points of water. So let me get up on the roof, check the exterior structural stability and make sure there's no points of water intrusion. Kind of get up there, look at, take pictures, come back immediately, touch base with the, uh, the customer on wherever the active points of water is. And so I have this rule uh, that there's no surprises at the proposal, right? So they don't necessarily know exactly what I'm doing or how much it's going to be, but I'm never introducing new problems at the proposal. I so, love that. Uh, I, believe, I believe you cannot overcome price and need at the same time. And if Miss Jones, who already had the $250 check written, now knows that her flu system's bad, now knows this, and now all of a sudden... There's all this exterior stuff and she's kind of creating these, oh, no stories in her head, which is what I want to have. Right. So I want that 15, 20 minutes of uh, marination time, if you will, uh, when I'm working up the proposal and the report, I want her calling her husband. I want her looking on the internet. I want her freaking out just a little bit, kind of building that, that number up in her head. <clears throat> so the, um, so I, I work up, I, I do a thing called the photo story. Uh, and I think this is something our industry does very poorly is here's a picture of whatever's wrong. Here's a picture of what it's going to look like when I'm done. And here are the 10 pictures of how I'm going to get you from A to Z, right? So the whole idea, use a chimney line or something that probably everybody can, can relate to is that if your customer has the perception, this is just a a metal tube going down a chimney. I mean, there, there's not a ton of, you know, value or, or internal costs associated with that. But when I show them pictures of, here's my guys uh, in scaffolding in OSHA approved gear. Here's my guys. They boarded up your fireplace. Here's my guys with big tile knockers. Here's literally 600 pounds of tiles. They're taken out bucket by bucket. Little Johnny's taking out the, the damper frame and here's his feet in there. He's up in the smoke chamber, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. And here's this huge liner they're bringing in and wood. So we got to insulate it. I took your damper out. So I got to put a new damper in with the top mount. So I tell this through, through pictures. And what do you think the customer's doing every time I get to a new picture? They're going, oh, no, this is a lot of work. Yep. Right. It's what I call simplify and amplify. And it's the idea that, yes, we do this every day. We're great at it, but it's a very skilled uh, performance. You know, it's we have a lot of equipment. We have a lot of expertise. And so by the, my hope is by the time I get done explaining the repair and showing the pictures, that that number in their head is at least equivalent to or more than my number. So I avoid that that price yeah. objection. And, and that's kind of pretty much the, the the process, right? I go through every time there's a problem. I do the big three. I show them what the end result's going to look yep. like. I go through all the pictures. I rip the Band-Aid off huge all at once. You know, I say, look, so I've just spent 15 minutes showing you, you know, inside, outside, everything that kind of needs to happen. Now, if we do absolutely everything top to bottom, we're talking 15 grand. Okay. Now, let me kind of go through the detail that how I got to that number and then I'll, I'll break it up. And this is where I think so many guys get it wrong. It is what were the answers to the discovery questions, right? So if you're just going through and saying crown coat, thousand bucks, 
breakout tile, 1500 bucks, and you're just literally commoditizing yourself, man, you're going to get shot. You're going to get price objections. So when we do this part, I know you said the most important thing to you is you wanted to be able to get heat out of the system. This is prepping for the heat, or this is, uh, you know, allowing us to make rain so that we can get this liner installed or, you know, whatever it is, uh, why are we doing it? Not what are we doing? Right. And, and how it relates yeah. to the customer. And then when I get to the end, I do what's called the finance option closed. Uh, if you've been in the field with me, this is what I say every single time. Now, um, I can tell you, Tim, that I've been doing this for in chimneys for 11 years, and I've yet to meet someone that had 15 grand earmarked just for their chimney, right? It's one of those things that's usually an unexpected expense. So we have three ways that we can move forward. Uh, the first one is just our standard 50% down. We get you on the schedule, get to, get to all the materials ordered. When we're done with the work, you're satisfied. We take the balance. We're about a month out right now, so it'll give you about a month between payments. The other two, man, this is what I would probably have to do. We have two awesome financing options. One of them is our 12 months, same as cash. Basically, I give you the 15 grand today with a quick credit check. You got one year, pay me back as you see fit. No prepayment penalties. Just don't go 12 months in one day or else there's a lot of interest that, that backfills into that. And then our most common is our five-year program. Basically, that works out to about $98 for every 5000 we finance. This is roughly fifteen grand, so somewhere around $294. Uh, so between the 50%, the same as cash, or the two ninety-four dollars a month, which one of these works best for you? And then I just zip my mouth yeah. until, until they give me an objection or say, ask themselves a buying question. I love that. So... You really believe every single time that estimate's got to be written up in the home. Oh, I, I one million percent. I would never, I would never leave <laughs> a home. Uh, and this is a big problem in the chimney industry too. Is I've worked with people that do seven, eight, nine, ten sweeps in a day. In order to do yep. my process the way that I teach it, you can't do more than three. And everyone starts yeah. doing math. You know, they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're two hundred. You're taking away five up. I'm losing a thousand dollars per day per crew." Right. Well, you're not selling and your close rate is is abysmal and you're not building that relationship. You're not building. We haven't even got to how I get neighbor referrals, how I get them to refer me to people, how I build this network uh, of people that are just constantly bringing me business. And and you have to do it in the home. Um, so one statistic that's uh, in chimneys is true is 50 percent of proposals that will close close within 48 hours. OK, so your follow-up has to be the next day. It has to be. Or you just yeah. basically throw in a, you think about it, anytime you make a decision, as soon as you left, they've already decided, right? They may want to talk about it or sleep on it, but they've already decided. And, and every day that goes by, that interest level lowers and lowers and lowers. And yes. probably one of the biggest um, opportunities in our industry is, is people that don't follow up, is mind-boggling mind-boggling to me that you spend two to three hours getting dirty, getting on roofs, risking your life, doing paperwork, and you will take two minutes to check in on your customer to see the questions they have. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Man, I'm with you. I, I, oh, I'm, I, I so believe in the estimate in the home. I mean, this is something for me when I was doing in-home sales a number of years ago, I was loading myself up with eight to 10 appointments per day. And I'm not doing, you know, chimney sweeping or inspections or anything. I'm, these are people that came into the showroom and said, will a fireplace, sure. you know, work in my house. So I'm going out to, to take a look at it, measure it up and, and eventually get that quoted. I was doing eight to 10 a day, but I was too rushed. I didn't have time to put together the proposal and I would always tell the customers, well, I'll go back to the office and crunch the numbers, quote yeah. unquote. But when you go back to the office, 
all sense of urgency for that customer is right. gone. And now everybody else's sense of urgency is crushing me. So that job gets strung out longer than it should have. When I finally sit down to put together my notes and my final, final proposal, I've forgotten yep. things. And, and I don't care how smart you are. It doesn't matter. If I've been to 10 houses in a day, even if it's that evening yep. that I'm doing it, I have forgotten things versus when I'm at the house, you build it in and you say, I'm going to go take 20 minutes in the truck. I'm going to go take 30 minutes, however long it takes. You go put that together and you come back. Because again, like customers do not want to have four people out to their house. Right. Like they want you to be right. They want it to be fair, but they want you to be right. And I think that that's, I mean, that may be the biggest opportunity. I think that, that chimney and, and fireplace retailers miss out on. They they go back to the office and crunch the numbers and it destroys. I can't even sales. I can't even process that. Like uh, it, it just it it feels so incredibly wrong that people are doing that. And now, uh, in fairness, and sorry, really quick, and and Alan, I'll tell you on, on the on the fireplace appliance side, I am going to I'm going to say ninety five percent of retailers probably take three days to three weeks to turn around. Oh the my gosh. That's a, well, there you go. There's your uh, carrot. I mean, that's, you want to double your sales. You just figured it out. Um, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, there are times where a, on the chimney side that things are very complex, right? I do need to run it through uh, a mason or, or work it up. It's going to take me an hour. And, and, you know, if I had a, you know, a hundred thousand uh, dollar, you know, four chimney proposal and you knocked it out in 10 minutes, I'd probably have questions of the accuracy. Oh, so yeah. there are times. Um, but if I am not uh, doing it, on the spot, I do what's called the advance, and this comes directly out of spin selling as well. And um, you know, there's basically two different types of follow-ups, and one's called a continuation, one's called an advance. And the only difference is who's in control of the next step, right? So most technicians leave the customer in control, uh, assuming you've already given them the proposal of what happens next. You know, here's my card. You call me with any questions. We pop in the GPS, go to the next house. We never think about that customer again unless they call us. Right. The, the advance is a very scheduled next step. Right. So that we're expecting, they're expecting Miss Jones. I know this is a lot of stuff. You got to talk to your husband, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's very important to me that all your questions are answered about this time tomorrow. Is it okay if I give you a call? Uh, and we'll, let's just go through, get out a pen and paper, write down what questions you have. We'll go through that, that pad, uh, on the call tomorrow. If I can't give the proposal, uh, on the spot for whatever reason, then I set up an um, appointment. It's usually Zoom. And I'll say, okay, Miss Jones, I'm so sorry. Normally, I typically like to do this on the spot. There's a few things I've got to just check. I've got a, some backorder issues. I've got whatever. Um, so let me just do some homework on this. Um, when is a good time tomorrow that we can touch base, right? And I'm going to make it work in my schedule. Perfect. Are you comfortable with Zoom or FaceTime? Great. Okay, perfect. So I'm probably going to show you some pictures and kind of you know walk through some things with you. And I set that appointment before I leave. I make all the people in my my full eight hour sales class raise their hand and do the voice voice scout pledge, and I say, and, and, and repeat <laughs> after me, Alan. Yes, Alan. You know, I promise, I promise, I will never, I will never, ever, 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 ever email a proposal to a customer that I haven't talked to first, right? <laughs> and it's the the uh, if you want to burn money, email a proposal with a number at the bottom right that you haven't had a chance to build value around. Quickest, quickest way I know to burn money. So I will never, now if I'm doing a sweep inspection, customer's not at home, uh, nanny situation, real estate, that's fine. I will send you my inspection report because you paid for that. 
you didn't pay for my proposal. So if you want to know the rec rec recommendations or what it is, you're going to have to call me. And so I will set that time up uh, to have that conversation so I can present my findings. Yeah, man, there's so much wisdom in there. And I, I, I think that when we, when we rewind back to, to think about our own experience as consumers, like how many plumbers do we want to have out at our house? Like, do we just love calling up four right. plumbers? I mean, literally like when I got my roof done this last year, Oh, I called, I called three companies and it was horrific. I hated it. I hated having three companies yeah. out. I wanted a, you know, a, a fair price, but it was, it's not a fun experience to have all these trade people out to your house. So if, if you can come in with a process and guide that customer from start to finish and make it easy for them, they will buy from you more often than not. And I think, you know, I don't know, it, it's so easy to put the focus on us. Well, but I've got so many appointments. I've got so many other things going on. I can't do this. And it's like, well, you're making yourself the hero of that story and the customer's not going to be down with that. Like they're the hero of the story, not you. It's your job to figure yeah, it out. And I, I find a dollar for every time I told a technician, I'm sorry you didn't get the results for the work you didn't put in. <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, it's look, you keep doing what you're doing. You'll keep getting what you got, right? If, if you've brought me in to help you go to a new level, you don't just go to a new level by talking to me. You, you have to do things, right? You have to change your process. And some things are counterintuitive, like less appointments, less, you know, more time on the spot where and it's easy to say I'm losing these opportunities, but you're really gaining a higher percentage and a higher profit of these. And one other thing just, I think is important on presenting uh, in the home is um, depending on, uh, you know, where you're at, the, getting the husband and the wife together are, are very, sometimes very difficult. Right. And so if I know for a fact, I've got a husband and a wife situation, and I've only got one there, I'm kind of setting up uh, from the beginning that, hey, there's going to be about a 15 minute uh, more information than you ever wanted to ever know about chimneys and fireplaces when I'm done. Uh, I would love to be able to go over both of that with you and your husband. So that way, when he gets home, you guys are on the same page and you can have a, have a more uh, successful conversation, right? Because, um, and this is something I, paperwork, right? How you sell in the home is how you sell in the home. If the spouse comes home, all you're selling is is bundled up into whatever email you just sent, whatever your paperwork says. And if your paperwork is a shopping list of products and price, you're going to yep. be commoditized. You just spend a bunch of time. So one, I always, and the key, if you just try to get the husband on the phone, it's going to feel offensive, right? It's going to feel, no, no, I can handle this. But when you position it into a way that, look, this is a lot of information, it's really important to me that you all are on the same page. So when he gets home, right, that's the key. So when he gets home, you guys can have a better, more informed conversation. It takes all the pressure off that I'm trying to get them on the phone to sell. And we can just literally have that conversation. If I can't get the spouse on the phone, I fully check your, your, your company and all that. But I always offer for them to record my presentation. I said, you're, you're yeah. more than welcome. This is going to be a lot. I'm happy to have a conversation with your husband again. But if you want to record this, um, that way you can play it for him when he gets home. Uh, I think it may help. Oh, it's so transparent, too. I, I, I think that's awesome. So transparent. Alan, there's a million different directions I want to go, and we just might have to have to schedule it another time. But as we round out, I want to I want to ask you this. I've been asking everybody this season, and I'm going to put you on the spot, and I want you to finish this sentence for me, okay? Sales is a game of... 
confidence. Oh man, let's talk about that as we round up. Yeah, as we said before, I think rapport, likability, confidence, and sales process. But when you flat out just know this is the right solution for the customer based on what they want and they feel it. Uh, I, I was doing a ride along last week and I always do a debrief with the people that I ride along with. And and I said, tell me what your big takeaways were. He said, it was just how you commanded the room. He said, he said, you talked for like 10 minutes straight. He goes, if I talk for 10 minutes straight, he said, they're, they're sleeping on the couch. You know, they're, you know, not, they're dis, he goes, they were on every single word that you were saying. And I said, well, why do you, what do you think the difference is? He said, you were talking in terms of their interest. I said, there you go. Right. I could yeah. tell you all day long what you need to do. But if I say, here's why you brought me out, here's how we're going to take care of you. And I'm confident in doing that. Uh, then they have no reason to, to go anywhere else. That's excellent. It's excellent. I, I think you're right that confidence is everything that when you don't believe in what you do or you don't believe in the products that you're offering, it's going to be a disaster. We, we want to buy from people that have been there before, right? That are the guide, they're the advisor. And you can't be a good advisor if you're not confident in what you're advising. So sales is a game of confidence. Alan, this has been amazing. If people want to work with you or hear what you're doing, where is it that they can get a hold of you and, and get more of this content on a regular basis? At this this <laughs> this uh, tenure of my business working with me is is harder than it should be. Uh, I have uh, yeah, you're like two two years out on in person clients, I, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, I've created an unscalable model uh, in a integration. So <laughs> uh, blessed and cursed at the same time. It's my own doing. I have a a, a very good job and, and not a business at this point. So I'm working on those things, but. Um, but what I, I will tell you is if you go to um, rushprofits.com, uh, it's R-U-S-H, Frank I-T-S.com. Uh, some people thought it was the biblical profits for some reason. And I was like, no, like, <laughs> we're, we're about making money. Um, and uh, don't, don't rush the profits down. Um, so go to rushprofits.com. Uh, there is a link on there that says weekly sales videos. You can sign up for my weekly sales videos. We do uh, one every single week. They're, they're really cheap. It's at 79 bucks a month. If you get one a week, it's five to 10 minutes. Everything from, like I said earlier, financing and insurance to handling objections to price objections to pre- presenting styles to uh, you, you name it. There's a new topic every week. Uh, that is the easiest way. There's also a consultation form on there. Uh, if you fill that out at a bare minimum, uh, we could have a initial 30 minute Zoom at no charge just to understand where you're at, where you're trying to go. If I can give you some, some low hanging fruit advice or if I have anything already prepackaged that I can, that may help you get where you're at. And then the last thing is, um, you know, one of my other uh, training businesses is, uh, Surefire Training Academy. Uh, I've got roughly 10 to 15 one hour, uh, courses on there that are everything on sales from discovery to closing to presenting to handling objections and, you know, you name it. And so, uh, there, there's that subscription service as well. Awesome. We'll link to all that in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. And actually, I was having dinner with a chimney company in Philadelphia. This is about a month, month and a half ago. And they were talking about your your weekly Monday morning minutes videos. And they were saying awesome. they really good. Awesome. So I'm, I know that, you know, listening to this conversation, I think, I think people are going to get a, a ton of value. And we appreciate you being here, man. This is amazing. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Alan Rush. Gosh, I mean, for me, chatting with him, I was literally taking notes as we were talking, and that's actually what I want to hit on here at the end of the episode. I've got like five bullet points, and I don't know how many we'll get to, but 
there were so many things that he talked about that were just really, really wise. And, and we should take note of as we go into our businesses this week. And I, I guess to start out, this is the reason that you hire a professional to help coach you and to help train your team. This is how you do it. Like you can keep banging your head against a wall or you can contact somebody like Alan and say, Hey, I trust you and I'm going to pay you. Can you make my team better? And if you are willing to do that, your team will get better. Like it's as, it's as simple as that. If you are willing to pay a professional to help your business, your business will get better. And Alan has proved that again and again and again with his clients. I mean, seriously, like I think he's about two years out. If you want to hire him to do a deep dive and visit your business, like he is a long ways out. But what's really cool is through the stuff he talked about at the end, whether it's an initial Zoom call or subscribing to his weekly video series, you can still start to invest in your team and give them value. And you know, he didn't tell me to plug him or anything like that for being on the podcast. I'm just telling you that there is so much value in what he's doing. You should pay attention to it. Now, to dive into the highlights of the conversation, first and foremost, we got to talk about finalizing the estimate in the house. I mean, he, he's, he said it kind of offhandedly at the end. Yeah, I mean, if you're not doing that, like there's a 2x growth in your sales right there. And, and that's the truth. If you will start doing less appointments per day and finalizing the proposal in the customer's house every single time, I mean, you will double your sales. Like seriously, you will double your sales. So much ground is lost between the time you leave the showroom and a week later or two weeks later when you send that final proposal, if you can do this in the customer's home, I can't even articulate the kind of growth that you will see in the amount of time you'll save. So that's first and foremost for fireplace companies listening to this. You may think it's not possible, but it is. You've got to set your estimators up right and you have to give them the time to do it. But doing less in-home visits per day, but doing them more thoroughly will result in greater sales. In addition to that, Alan said something really wise when he talked about how you can't overcome price and need at the same time. That's worth writing down. You can't overcome price and need at the same time. He mentioned that when you're out at the house, there should be no surprises when you get to the proposal. When you present the proposal, it's not the time to say, oh yeah, and also because I noticed this, you're going to need this. If you've not talked about what that was you observed earlier, people are already going to be hit with, wait a minute, uh, I, I need this? Well, Do I really need it? Is that just you trying to sell me something? They're not able to deal with that and the price at the same time. Deal with the need early. This is why we take the time to understand the customer's problem. Because if we understand it, then we can move towards advising a solution and eventually presenting them that proposal or quote, and they can take action on it. But you cannot overcome price and need at the same time. So deal with the need early on, and then the price later on becomes a solution to the problem rather than a rabbit trail that the customer is not ready to go down. Okay, in addition to that, Alan talked about how people confuse a process with a script. And I, I've never articulated it that way myself, but I'm, I'm guessing from here on out, I probably will because it's just a great way to put it. A process and a script are two totally different things. A script says, 
Repeat these words and do not vary. Hi, Mr. Customer. My name is Tim, and I am with XYZ Chimney Service. Thank you for having me out today. I'm excited to complete your work. Right? That's a script. A process says, greet the customer. After you knock on the door, step three to five feet back so the customer doesn't feel intimidated. Make small talk with the customer to help them feel comfortable with you as a person. Right? Those are procedural things that your personality can take in different directions and actually can allow you to thrive and show your humanity with guidance. And that's the key is that a process is guidance where a script is monotony. So I I think that that's really, really wise. And it's why I believe in it, right? A sales process is a roadmap. It's telling you how to get from A to Z. And if you don't have a sales process, it's it's literally like you and your customer just blindfold yourselves in the woods and, and you try to stumble your way out. Any positive results are going to be purely accidental. So operate with a process, whether that's the, the fire time process you've heard me teach, whether that's Alan's process, or whether that's something that you put together, a dedicated process will make a difference for your team. And as you practice it, that practice will make the steps permanent. Finally, towards the end of the conversation, Alan said that sales is a game of confidence. And this is so true. When a salesperson's confidence dwindles, Everybody knows it. For me as a sales manager, when I was working with my teams, keeping their confidence high was the most important thing I could do. When they started to get overwhelmed, when they started to get beat up, everything suffered. And sometimes I was like a ship's counselor talking to them. And and that's okay. Like We need to be built up when we're feeling down. When our confidence is not high, I mean, it makes it really, really difficult to connect with customers and show them we can solve their problem, right? I mean, if, if you go and you talk to someone on on financial planning and and you know retirement investments and and they're not confident that they can help you grow your portfolio there's no way that you're going to work with them if you go talk to a nutritionist who's not that confident that they can actually help you lose weight you you're not going to sign a contract to work with them on a regular basis confidence is key and this is different than bravado this is different than arrogance but we can be confident in the products and services that we offer. And if we're not, we got to go get a different job straight up. Like if you are not confident that your company can help a customer solve their problem, go get a different job. Now, I don't think you have to falsely say that you're the best in the world, that there's not a situation where you ever make a mistake, but you can be confident that you are able to help a customer solve their problem. And if you're confident to do that, sales will come a lot easier. So If you're in a position where you're trying to duplicate yourself, do you train your people in a way that makes them confident or do you belittle them for the mistakes they make because they're not as good as you? I've worked in places where that was the case where salespeople are belittled and it's no wonder that the results they produce aren't good, right? You get out what you pour in and for salespeople, we need to pour in grace. We need to pour in confidence and we need to pour in stability so that they know they're taken care of. If you can do those things, it's going to be really awesome to see what happens. So there was a lot there. And, and for me, I mean, honestly, I want to go back and listen to this episode because I think Alan had some amazing nuggets that have just come from years of intentional practice. And I I hope you do the same thing. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you, 
and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And seriously, I, I know that we're in the heart of the season right now and things might seem crazy, but now is the time to invest in your sales team. It really is. Many of us don't think we have a sales problem because we technically make sales, but just like Alan said, I mean, what if, what if your team could increase their sales by 50% just by making some simple changes? What if you could serve customers more effectively and as a result, get better Google reviews because your sales team was intentional and methodical with how it was they took care of people? You can do that if you put it into practice. And my hope is that this week you take steps to make that happen. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn. Oh.